We've all been there, justifying our creative job to mum and dad, explaining what our job is to granddad, brushing off jokes about freelancing from our mate who works in finance. But times are changing and the value of creativity is being recognised. The creative industries are the fastest growing part of the UK economy and the least likely jobs to be taken over by robots. I'm Kayleigh McLeod and this is Get A Proper Job, where I'll be talking about the issues that matter. Take your chances, ask your questions, don't shy away and network a lot because at the end of the day that is what's going to help you. Today we're discussing the value of entrepreneurship to the future of the creative sector with Claire Parry-Litchell and Pratik Patak. Hello and welcome. In today's episode, we'll be exploring the value of enterprise and entrepreneurship to the future of the creative sector in Wales. We're joined today by two guests to share their experience and knowledge in this area. Claire Parry Witchell is Enterprise Officer at Cardiff University and a business mentor for Business Wales. Claire has previously worked in various roles in the creative sector including as a fashion model, radio presenter, music promoter, and arts performer. We're also joined on the call by Pratiksha Patak, a current participant on Umline, Cardiff University's scheme for aspiring entrepreneurs. Pratiksha is a researcher and founder of Kashmir Untold, an oral history and digital archive initiative. Welcome both. Hello. Hello, thank you. Really glad to have you both here today. As we're recording this episode remotely due to COVID-19 restrictions, could you give us an idea of where you're coming from, what you can see around you and any noises that we might hear in the background? (laughs) Got some kids playing football in the park opposite my house, so you might hear an occasional cheer from my end. (laughs) Claire, whereabouts are you in the world? I'm actually on a main road in Llandaff North and directly opposite and next to me I have two wonderful coffee shops and quite often people get quite animated with conversation so if you do hear some conversation happening my windows are firmly shut but uh, it'll be people having a good old chat outside the coffee shops. I'm also on one of the main roads in Cardiff and I have a couple of student accommodations around me so again you might hear an occasional cheer here or just students rambling. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks both for those descriptions. Um, We'll jump straight in then and Claire can you just tell us a bit about what the enterprise team does and, and what your role is within that? Oh sure, thank you very much for inviting me by the way. It's an absolute pleasure to join you. So my name is Claire, as Kaylee said, and I am the enterprise officer and primarily the business mentor for Cardiff University. We, as a startup and enterprise team, support and guide all of those students that might want to start their own businesses. But not only that, we also go across the wider university to all the various schools and colleges, trying to embed entrepreneurship and enterprise in those schools as well. So we're quite busy. In terms of exactly what we offer, we have a number of different things that we can help students out with. We have run a competition, which has some seed funding. We have the Umline scheme, which I think we'll go into a bit more detail a little bit further on. We have desk space that we can offer students. We have a lot of workshops. We bring in external mentorship. And we also, importantly, have a very strong relationship with Welsh government. 
Business Wales specifically. And Business Wales has a branch called Big Ideas Wales that has a whole support network, which we are also able to access, as can all people. So that's important to mention, actually, that's not just students, that is the general public can access the support there as well. And that's across industries, right the way from creatives, all the way through to tech businesses. Um, so yeah, I spend most of my time actually in a mentor role. And the volunteer that work that I do for Business Wales is more specifically in the music industry because that is my background and my expertise. Well, I have three clients at the moment, but over the years I've been working with them. I've worked with a number of different uh, people from different areas of the music industry, um, production, for example, performers, and also instrument teachers, all sorts of people who want to start off on their own, either in freelancing or want to start businesses like, for example, a recording studio. I've also worked with other creatives in that role as well. Although I do specialise in the music industry, I also work with makers, with bloggers, with creative writers, journalists, and so on. So I'm really fortunate to work across the board with a number of different businesses. So one could say I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades, a master of just a few, I think. <laughs> Sounds like we've got the right person to chat to us today. <laughs> um, you mentioned Umline there, uh, which Creative Cardiff founded in 2017 with the enterprise team and with Dan Spain from Rabble Studio uh, as a placement for graduates looking to start their own creative businesses. Can you summarise a little bit about Online and tell us maybe how it's developed over the years and what the current offer is? Absolutely. Well, as you can imagine, under these current circumstances, the offer has morphed into a different offer. The virtual online is what we're now calling it. But originally, like you said, yes, back in 2017, it was launched. And the scheme is to encourage students to experience what it is to actually work from a freelance or a running their own business perspective. Um, specifically with Dan Spain at Rabble Studios, it was creative students. Um, so it gave them the opportunity to work in a co-working space in an environment with other creatives and also the motivation and the discipline that's required when you do work for yourself allowing them to be able to learn that process as well alongside the support from Cardiff University Enterprise and Startup so the mentoring and all of the access to all of the resources and support we offered so an accumulation of support from lots of different angles and of course Dan over at Rabble was able to further help um, with industry introduction and people with expertise within the co-working space as mentors as well. So it was an amazing scheme and the pilot ran really, really well. We had an incredibly successful story from Janat Ahmad, who I know is a very good friend of Creative Cardiff. And she's gone on to do amazing things with her uh, publication, Lucid Dreaming. And she's also got her fingers in a million other pies. She's working for Poetry Wales now as well. She's also working for Cardiff University teaching a creative writing course now as well which I spotted in the magazine prospectus I was like oh come on my graduates yay I feel like a proud mum <laughs> so yeah that was and then following there we had a couple more years of the traditional M line so the co-working spaces and it was we did branch out from creatives in the second pilot where we brought in people that were doing other businesses as well so there's a co-collective of co-working spaces in Cardiff which I know creative Cardiff are also involved in and another one of those is Tramshed Tech for example so we were placing tech 
tech-based companies as well on the same incentive. So they also had access to the co-working space, the working regime, and having meetings with the mentors and the other people that worked in around the co-working spaces. And again, there was a few more success stories. I mean, I'd love to talk all day about these success stories, but I can't. So we'll move swiftly on to the current offering, which is our virtual online, which is where Pratichka comes in. So we onboarded, or should we say recruited, 10 new participants to this cohort of MLINE and this time it's all done on the internet so the resources um, they've always been available as a digital resource anyway but the mentorship with myself has now gone to online um, so we're having meetings over zoom and teams and wherever you know however platforms were being used at the time and um, we with this particular cohort have offered them memberships to Ipsy which is the freelance organization so they also access a lot of resource and support there as well and this also comes with a little little bit of cash injection to help them along the way as well so um, got some already exciting stories some people launching already and making plenty of like traction online with selling uh, digital art so on and so forth so it's really really exciting so we will be taking this forward um, as the new model for the indefinite future as you can imagine based on what's going to happen but it seems like this model's working really well um, I would like to think so anyway I'm, I'm hoping that's the feedback I'm getting and then we will hopefully uh, learn from it and move forward and maybe a combination of both working then for the physical co-working spaces and also this online so that helps our graduates as well because then if they've left they've gone back to home country or they've gone somewhere else in the UK we can continue to support them through an online scheme so yeah it's all going on it certainly <laughs> is I'm busy 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 <laughs> Pratiksha what is your creative business what what are you pursuing as part of online and how have you been encouraged to develop your enterprise during this time Kelly, I have a digital archive like you rightly said it's called Kashmir Untold uh, I work with communities who were forced to migrate from the state of Jammu and Kashmir between 1930 and 1990, roughly. And these uh, communities, they're very, very different in terms of their religious affiliation, um, money, uh, financial security, and so on and so forth. But one thing that's common is all of them were forced to move out. And uh, most of them could not write because of either psychological troubles or ongoing politics in the state. So now these stories remain unheard, most of them. And what I'm trying to do is record them. But the biggest challenge I face is I can't go and ask them these questions straight away because these are really traumatic episodes. So I read a couple of books. One of the authors I read was Anchal Malhotra, who gave me this idea. And I have... Uh, taken it up what I do is I ask them about objects they carried when they were forced to move out so the conversation roughly goes around like this if say they have a pen that they carried I start by asking them who gave them the pen why is the pen so important and so on and so forth so the object becomes the point uh, through which we record the entire story and that way you know it kind of detaches them from their own narrative and they open up a little more freely and sometimes with the first generation but more so with the second and third generation what happens is they paint a lot about Kashmir and the lost home there are plenty of digital sketches that I have in the archive a lot of photographs in fact with Umline um, there is a photo book that we launched right before Umline and when that came up it suddenly struck me that you know what Claire has been mentoring me throughout but I could use the scheme and support of other creatives to improve the book in itself and also 
how to sell it and learn more about that. So that's when the scheme comes in and my participation comes in. And so you've been making a lot of connections then through it with other creatives in, in Cardiff? Oh, yes, definitely. As Claire pointed out, we're 10 of us and most of us are in the creative industry. So it really helps when you're chatting with each other, you exchange tips, you get to know what the other person's doing and what's working for them and what are the mistakes they've made. That way, uh, we are learning a lot through the scheme. Fantastic to hear that. I mean, before I ask any more questions, we'll just place entrepreneurship in its 2020 context, which is, of course, very different to anyone could have imagined. Um, a recent survey by Facebook, the OECD and the World Bank showed that one in four of the small and medium-sized businesses with Facebook business pages reported closing between January and May. And findings also showed that female-led small and medium businesses have been disproportionately impacted during this time. However, statistics from the Centre for Entrepreneurs think tank using Companies House data shows that while new business formations dropped by 19% in March, 29% in April, and 3% in May compared to the same months in 2019, it had grown by almost 50% in June. So that means that overall startup figures for 2020 were only down by 3% across the UK. A trend that's been seen in the Cardiff Capital region is that businesses opening outside of the city during this period. How has it been running a business during COVID-19? I would say it's a mixed bag, like Claire rightly said. I've been facing troubles, particularly because my enterprise focuses on a group that's really vulnerable who are in their, say, late 70s, 80s. So conducting interviews with them is nearly impossible for me. So that has been a glitch, but thankfully Zoom and Teams and all these softwares come to our rescue. So that's been a good thing. Like we've been recording the podcast remotely. I've been trying to conduct these interviews remotely. The second bigger glitch is uh, lack of funding, which I think almost every other business is facing at this point. Financial crunch has been impacting us. And for me, it's slightly more because it's not a business in the conventional sense of it. I mean, there are a lot less transactions involved, no buying and selling. So because of COVID, a lot of grants have been stopped. So I can't really apply for a lot of grants and crowdfunding isn't the way to go right now because of the time. So funding is something that's uh, that's uh, causing some trouble. However, um, like I said, Cardiff University came to our rescue. I received two grants from the university itself. One was seed funding to start and because of which we have the photo book in the first place and then a small grant from online, which I haven't used till now, but I will shortly. So it's a mixed bag. And, and Claire, in terms of the creative entrepreneurs that you're engaging with, what other challenges are, are they seeing? Interestingly, um, there's two stories to tell here, um, going back to your statistics as well. Because we work in very early conceptual, sometimes an early startup, I have actually found over the summer that the demand for the support at that stage is actually risen. So I'm only imagining that can be, and this is an assumption because I don't have any evidence to base. This is purely from the experience that I'm having right now. I've gone to, on with the assumption that lockdown had a massive impact on the students and graduates that had maybe just graduated and or about to graduate and were looking for work, thinking out of the box about how they might be able to come up with a business idea. It seemed a really right time for creative thinking, so to speak 
speak and not just creative as in the creative sense but creative thinking about businesses that's one story so that's been a really good thing um, and on the other side of it those that had started and were in development and early development such as Patichka and some that are near a launch and just launched I can give one example of a previous online student um, Sebastian Walker who started um, his company uh, registered last year uh, early this year sorry but he was has been on online at the same time so when he first started he was in Tramshed Tech and his business was around um, it's around rentals it's around home rentals and, a, and a, almost like a, a trip advisor type platform for rentals and he was ready to launch around the time COVID hit of course with that kind of nature of industry he literally had to stop like any kind of operational movement However, what he has done is he has recruited some interns to work heavily on the branding, marketing and toward launch. So what's interesting there is that often I work with um, businesses that would like to quickly start. What this has made people do is really take the time for getting ready for launch. Now, it's very different when you're operational. The impact's going to be more incredible because you're often dealing with money, uh, staff, etc. But at this stage in development and near launch, it's actually made them if you like, take more time. So that's been a great thing. But in the wider world, the clients I have in, in general, one of the biggest things has been finances. That, that would be actually what, what I would say. And also networking capabilities has not um, diminished, but has certainly reduced or the, the, the way of doing it. And some people are not so comfortable some people are absolutely fine doing it you know we all have this term at the moment we're talking about zoom fatigue you know the amount of time we're spending in technology and on computers i mean there has to come an end to that you know so so yeah it's it's a tale of two stories really pratiksha what areas of support would you like to see developed further now that could be from a range of providers because it sounds like that you know there's quite a lot coming out of the online scheme for for your business but in terms of wider support what would you like to see for creative startups Kelly, just talking from personal experience, I'm an international student uh, in Cardiff and Claire knows it because we've discussed this over a couple of meetings. The support for international students uh, is comparatively lesser than uh, other people. And so for me, I think one, I have one tenth of grants that I can apply to just in terms of finances. And then there are other areas, other areas simply like networking or support for visa and things like that. So with Cardiff University, yes, I have an outlet, but as compared to other people, I think uh, I have much, much lesser options. So perhaps some support that's uh, directed towards international students who come in here and who want to start something of their own in the UK would be great for a lot of us and we're a significant group if we talk about it. For sure, thanks for sharing that with us. Claire, what, what do you think is is key for creative entrepreneurs when they're looking for, for support? And obviously we've just covered some areas there, is there anything else that, that you'd like to see brought in for creative entrepreneurs? I don't have an a specific answer to that it's I would say it, it would be a number of, of consistent support I think the word there is consistency actually I think it's great mentorship for example if you can access somebody um, who is in your industry it doesn't have to be specifically but just understands the building blocks or fundamentals of the industry that you're in but that is consistent and um, I think that maybe would be one thing that I would like to see more of because there's a lot of support available you can access it 
it if you're you know savvy enough you can find it it is there you have yourselves creative cardiff the government has a, other schemes for creatives um, just yesterday i had a very good conversation with um, a guy called david ball who from january launched a brand new creative wales incentive which has now got funding as well now that is specifically for the music industry but the government itself has all these intensives so if you find it but in amongst all of that sometimes there's not consistency so you can see one person then another person so i think a level of consistency is super important for the confidence for all of the other softer skills as well not just the specifics of how to's but also the personal development stuff as well if you find yourself a good mentor and that's consistent over however long you need that for i think that's super important and claire why do you think entrepreneurship is so important right now i mean many of our listeners might not be able to feel like they could step out on their own at this time and how do we encourage and nurture those who are thinking about taking the leap into being a business yeah it's that leap over the uh, the, the cliff isn't it um it's it is it is support um, and it is somebody who is encouraging you. It's, it's keeping the right people around you, being in those environments. Okay, even if it has to be virtual, um, I'll draw you to what Practitia says earlier about the, the M-Line scheme specifically, having just those 10 people um, who are experiencing things alongside you and you're sharing tips and about how to be entrepreneurial, how to think out of the box, what options you might have. But from like a behavioral perspective, entrepreneurship, you know, enterprising strategies, whatever you want to call them, there's technical terms. But I find with creative, sometimes the business side of things is they a little resistant to that. Um, but, and it is about understanding the model. So it's learning those skills as well about being an entrepreneur and maybe watching other entrepreneurs looking at your what you might think are your competitors you learn a lot from them so um, those are all things that we encourage entrepreneurs and pe people to do is to embark on ground level business planning and business modeling as well and Pratiksha what have you learned during your time in terms of business and uh, skills in, in that area that you maybe didn't have before? Before I came to Cardiff, I was working on this project, but I was working on it more like an oral historian, less like an entrepreneur. And the one thing that I've learned um, over the course of one year that I've been in Cardiff is just, just to do things, don't think too much about them. If I have a question, I will write to Claire or to any, any mentor or to somebody who's in the same scheme or in the same boat. But one thing that I've really learned is ask the questions if you have any, take your risks, assess things. If you, if you don't ask, uh, you're 100% certain that you will not get a result. If you ask, at least that percentage reduces a little, even if the question seems really absurd to you. Uh, just as an example, uh, my enterprise has no connection with Cardiff as a city or Wales because it focuses on South Asia as a region. Yet I received a lot of support, and I mean it, a lot of support from Cardiff University, not just in terms of finances, but in terms of, as Claire said, consistent mentorship. Every month I bug her and I ask her a lot of questions, and she very patiently listens to me and answers them, right? So just having that doubt, hey, you know what, will someone in Cardiff really help me when my enterprise is not even related? I mean, this podcast, which is for creatives in Cardiff, 
uh, speaking about my enterprise. So just take your chances, ask your questions, don't shy away and network a lot because at the end of the day, that is what's going to help you. Uh, not everything will be about money. Most of the things will be about the assets and the human resources you have built along the way. I think that's some some really good advice that you've, you've given there for any creative entrepreneurs listening. What would you say around building your own networks in the past year? What have you is there anything interesting that you've joined any of these zoom calls or, or maybe you did manage to do some in person before lockdown so i connected with the community of kashmiris in london um, and i was supposed to conduct a few interviews but unfortunately covid happened luckily i've started conducting them through zoom but that's in the project side of it on business side of things, I actually made some really valuable connections in Cardiff itself, right? So I connected with people from Wales Arts Review who have offered to write an article on us and other journalists here and there. So not only are those articles important for marketing purposes, but just knowing those people who have a lot of experience, like years and years of experience in the same industry is what helps me. So I can call any one of those up today and ask them a set of questions and all the doubts and they would very patiently answer them. I think that's what I've earned in this year in Cardiff. Fantastic. And Claire, you know, if we talk a bit more specifically about business networking, is there any advice that you would give to people who are listening that maybe haven't done that before or find the concept of networking a bit scary? Interestingly, again, the, the move to virtual world has somehow made it slightly I don't want to say easier, but less um, daunting to get involved in a business networking event. People are often more vocal on social networks and so on and so forth. It's that concept I'm coming across with here. So I'm finding that there are people attending virtual online business expos and meetings and such. And the only thing that is difficult with that is obviously it's managing it because it's always, you know, in a room, conversation flows in a, in a virtual space. It's not so easy, but they are, they are there. They are there. Business networking is happening online a lot. I myself have been to quite a number of them. Eventbrite is one of our best friends. Like if you're looking for a networking event, even in an industry specific one, look for it. Because if it's happening, it will be there. If not, there's also other ways of getting to talk to groups of people that exist. Um, for example, LinkedIn. There, if you're a journalist, for example, there's a specific LinkedIn area for journalists to communicate with each other. And going back to something that Pratichka said earlier, which I'm going to absolutely be passionate about as well, it's about asking. I always say, what is the worst thing that can happen? Someone doesn't email you back. Somebody says, sorry, I'm too busy right now. Somebody doesn't want to share that information. You have nothing to lose but to ask. So don't be afraid to approach people. And you'll find more often than not, and I can promise you this, that people are willing to help. They really are. They, they will see and they will want to give you their knowledge. They will want to give you their experience. And those are the kinds of people, like I was saying earlier, that you want to have around you. You know, the positive people, the, the people that will encourage you to go forward and move your idea forward, you know? And then something wonderful can happen. You never exactly. know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're almost out of time now. So I just want to ask you both finally, let's talk a little bit about ambition. You know, Cardiff is, a, is an ambitious place, especially within the creative sector. So Claire, what are your ambitions for the future of the creative sector here in Wales when it comes to entrepreneurship? More, more and more, please. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, I, well, coming from that industry myself, I'm obviously incredibly passionate about it. Um, I still write myself. I still, you know, 
publish I still do all those things so the more the merrier let's let's really get it strong let's get whales screaming to the rest of the world look at us look how creative and look at our amazing entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship and creativity do come hand in hand you know the more that people embrace that the more success stories we'll have because it's not just about talent you know you have to treat yourself as the commodity as the business, as the person. And that is whether you're a writer, an actor, an artist, um, a singer, a dancer, whatever you area of creative or maker even, you know, you you until you do treat yourself and view yourself in that aspect, then you're gonna there's going to be um, barriers of knowledge and how to move forward. So that that would be the one thing I would say. Thanks for that, Claire. I like that creativity and entrepreneurship go hand in hand. <laughs> And um, what's next for you, Pratichka? I will be working on developing the enterprise further and conducting more and more interviews. I think it's the best time to enter entrepreneurship and build your business because like Claire rightly said, it's much less intimidating to draft an email or connect to someone over LinkedIn or have a conversation over Zoom call than in rooms. And specifically for people who are introverts or ambiverts, it's it's far less intimidating. And then people are working from home, so the travel time reduces, there is a high mm-hmm. chance they would reply. I'm trying to conduct more and more interviews over Zoom because people are more comfortable. And hopefully I'll develop the archive further and you'll have some interesting stories to see soon. Oh, we look forward to it. Thank you so much to both of you for sharing your experiences today. Um, All of the links and the resources that you've mentioned, we'll pop them into our show notes so that everyone listening can read those as well and and perhaps get in touch with you, Claire, if they've got any any questions or excited about being a, a part of entrepreneurship in the city. Thanks to you at home for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed, please rate and review. It'll help other creatives to find us. We always want to know what you think, so do be sure to tag at Creative Cardiff in any comments on social media. Get a Proper Job is made by Creative Cardiff with and for the creative community. I've got a proper job.